G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. G'day and welcome to another episode of The Grass is Greener. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're having a great week. Today, we're chatting all about goals and setting goals. And I think we've all a bit of a mixed feeling here because, yes, we know goals are great. And we've all had that moment, I think, in our lives where we've had a goal that really meant something to us. We set a plan to achieve that goal. We went and achieved it and we it gives us a great amount of satisfaction. But when you then turn around and say, okay, what are your medium-term goals? What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? Have you got all those written down? Do you look at them regularly? Are you measuring yourself for your whole life plan? becomes a lot harder. And I think a lot of us um, in day-to-day life, when we're busy, it can become a bit overwhelming to even think that far ahead. And if we go back to last year and homeschooling and all that sort of stuff, I think a lot of people had a goal just to get through the day. So I wanted to get someone in who could help us go back to basics on goals. Uh, you don't have to look too far hard to have, you know, see in the media and social media that goals are going to be the whole thing that's going to turn your life into a success. It's not that simple. So I wanted to go back to basics. We've got a fantastic guest by the name of Simon Chodzizna. And Simon is a facilitator and business coach, performance coach, and He spends time with businesses and individuals, helping them firstly visualize and understand what they're trying to achieve, converting them into goals and helping them measure that in an ongoing basis and looking at the steps involved in achievement. It was a fantastic chat I had with Simon and I asked him beforehand and told him I just wanted to go back to basics on this. So we explored a few things which I think you'll find really helpful why even set goals in the first place? Let's go back there. Now, why is it important? And what does it do for us personally? Why your goals actually need to be personal to you? So doing something just because you think you should do it isn't really a great reason. It's really got to mean something to you personally. So when the challenge comes on, you're going to have a real reason to push through. And what do good goals look like? We know there's wishy-washy goals at times, but I really said to Simon, you know, what does a good goal look like in his opinion? And he's worked with so many people. He had some fantastic examples he could give us. Simon, I know, through running, and he had his own amazing achievement back in 2015. He ran the length of Ireland. Yes, the country of Ireland, 570 kilometres in 18 days. And Simon was able to, as well as with his own experience talking goals, look back on that as well and relate some of the examples back to his planning for that achievement. Simon is a really humble, smart, calm and articulate guy. I know you'll enjoy the chat I had with him. Uh, Enjoy learning about goals and goal setting. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. G'day, I'm here today with a great mate of mine, Simon Chodzizna. 
How are you, Simon? I'm excellent, Tim. I'm excellent, Tim. How are you? I'm really good. Um, I am wrapped that you decided uh, you were happy to come on to have a chat with us because of what of what you do with your your work as a business coach. And I know um, we've chatted a lot over the years on runs and um, uh, elsewhere about the work you do, particularly with goals and and helping people um, develop goals and and um, track their goals. So it's great to have you on to talk about that. Um, but before we do that, I'd just love um, you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, both personally and professionally. And also, I think we're going to touch on one of your great achievements in 2015 too. Oh, we will. And, and thanks for having me along, Tim. Um, I, uh, I get to listen to you almost every week as I'm uh, walking or or running through the other um, other um, episodes of your podcast, and I'm not sure if I'll listen to myself back, um, but at least I, I feel like you're with me every every week. So thanks <laughs> thanks so much for the opportunity. Um, a little bit about myself. So I'm uh, what do I say? I'm 57. Uh, I've got four four children. I've got three older children. My eldest is uh, just recently engaged, and she's uh, 28. And awesome. uh, and I also have an eight year old. As well, so I, I think you should have kids at least every twenty years, just to keep yourself <laughs> feeling, feeling fresh and young. Um, but I, uh, but I keep do, you I alive, do, that's for sure. Absolutely. So I've got a little uh, eight-year-old, and this is sort of the the second time um, being being a parent, uh, and I learn I'm learning a lot from from him, and uh, it's a great to be a parent again once uh, things are a little bit slower in my business life uh, so I can yep. sort of soak it up and, uh, and and get to see the development of him, which which is fantastic. Um, but I, I worked for a, a long time uh, in the corporate sector. So I worked for Telstra for, for 26 years, which seems like a, yep. a lifetime. Joined them in 1984 when the world was a lot different to, to what it is now. Um, being a big corporate, you get to have a number of different careers. So I, I worked in uh, sales and marketing and, and operations and, and planning type roles as as well and really enjoyed enjoyed the diversity of a big organization but after 26 years it was time to do something a little bit differently so in 2010 yeah. I, I came to work one day with a wheelbarrow when uh, Telstra were kind enough to <laughs> fill up with money <laughs> and uh, and I left to pursue something that I really um, love doing and that's that's working with people um, Working with them and, and helping them to fulfil their their own potential uh, in various guises. So I've I've done a lot of work uh, working one on one with clients. Um, I, I deliver a number of leadership development courses through some training organisations uh, and really leverage yep. the, the business experience that I've had uh, with this sort of desire to to help people be be their best. And I found that uh, awesome. extremely, extremely fulfilling. Yeah, um, I've. You know, I loved our chats over the years because um, you've, because of what you do, um, you've got a great way of uh, viewing the world and framing things up. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to the chat. Um, can we touch on, before we um, talk about goals and, and your approach to goals, I would love you just to talk to our listeners about what you did. I know you're a humble guy, but you had an amazing achievement with your running in 2015, running the length of Ireland. That's, Tell us a little bit about that, Simon. 
That's right. Well, why, why Ireland is maybe a good question. So two reasons. One is my, my wife is Irish and she has a large extended family over there. So she's uh, looking to get over there as often as possible. Pre-COVID, that would be at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Um, so I have a, have a strong connection with the, with the country. And also, it's not, it's not that long. Ireland is about 560-odd kilometres from north to south. So I forget if you're going to run through a country, at least make it a reasonably <laughs> short one. Um, so I, I thought it was well, a it cheap... does sound short until you talk, say that you're running it. Well, that's that that's true. That that is true. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't do it in one day or two days. In fact, it took me uh, eighteen days. Um, but it was a it was a fantastic experience for a number of reasons. One one of which I I got to have a running adventure, and I think everybody needs to have at least one adventure in their life. And it was a yeah. little self indulgence because it was just me running by myself with a with a lot of support, which I felt guilty about from from time to time but just a, a fantastic way to just see what's possible. And also the connection I got, as I said, my wife is from a large family and there were many brothers and sisters and cousins and aunties and uncles that got involved, not just in the run, but yeah. in, the, in the project as, as well. So it was a, it was a fantastic um, experience. Oh, yeah. I got, I got a lot out of it. Um, the The idea came from... I guess when I was just a, a, a very young boy, um, they used to have the Sydney to Melbourne races and a lot of people remember Yanis yeah. uh, you know, Kouros and Cliff Young shuffling his Cliff way Young. from Sydney to Melbourne. Even, yeah. even before those runners, back when I was a boy, which is going back quite some time, there was a guy called <laughs> uh, Tony Rafferty. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, I remember. with yeah. that name. And another guy, I think George Purden was, was his name. And they uh, this would have been in the 70s when they ran from Sydney to Melbourne and they actually came past my primary school when I was a kid. Oh, right. and, uh, we were all allowed out to the road to, to watch them and I can remember actually seeing them in the distance as they appeared at the at the hill or near the horizon uh, and then shuffled their way up to us and past us and we were able to run with them for, uh, for it was probably only about <laughs> two, two or three hundred metres. But yeah. I, can, I can remember thinking at the time, I mean, these guys are, are awesome. <laughs> it's amazing yeah. what they've done. And the other thing uh, I thought, well, they're actually going pretty slow. And, <laughs> and I, I was yeah. able to keep up with them and I was probably only about eight or nine. And and from that moment, I thought I, I would love to do something big. Um, and then the the... the all the all the planets uh, aligned and uh, in 2015 I, I got to put that into action well I, I think I'll always remember all that training that you did for that and you know I did a number of the runs with you um, and it was it was pretty funny so for the listeners that um, don't know running very much but um, quite often you know we we do go and run. 15, 20 Ks on a weekend. But in that, in that year, particularly, Simon, you were a machine because you would go for a 20 K run together. And, um, but you already would have done 15 before, <laughs> before yeah. you met me. I had a lot uh, of, uh, amazing. had a lot of helpful training partners uh, a <laughs> yeah, lot along the way. That's right. And, and I, um, I, put, I was going to say, I, I actually put together um, quite a, quite a detailed plan on that at the start of the year. So the, the run was going to be in, in August and probably around Christmas time I started to think about what would it take to, to get there and what might go wrong and, and what did I need to, to yep. overcome along the way. And I remember one of the big things that I said because I was going to be running 
about uh, 30 kilometres each day was that I wanted to be able to string together a lot of consecutive long-distance runs. So generally when we do our weekend runs, Monday is usually a bit of a rest day, um, but I wanted to see if I could run. And it was actually six six 30-kilometre days in a row. And then once I was able to tick that off, wow. my confidence grew. Went up. Yeah, well, that, I mean, this is probably feeds in beautifully to what we're going to talk about today because, you know, goals um, do require a lot of planning, don't they, at times? Um, so before we actually get into your approach to goals, I'd love to hear what your de- definition of a goal is and, you know, why set goals in the first place? Yeah, good. Great, great question. So a goal, a lot of people think about goals and they tend to link it with New Year's Eve and, and making resolutions. So I, there's a couple of things that a goal, that goals aren't in, in my view. So a, a goal isn't a wish or a hope. It might have a wish and a hope attached to it, but it's a, it's a little bit more than that. So yep. I would describe a goal as a, um, a description of, of what you want, what you want to achieve and, and with some clarity around that end point. But, but it also comes with a plan and a way that you can measure your progress uh, along the way. So there's lots of tools that can help you define that clarity um, yeah. and, and lots of processes that can help you de- to define those steps. Um, and, and I find when putting goals together, a lot of people have difficulty in mapping out the whole the whole plan. You know, what are the, what are the 15 or 20 steps that I need to take? Yeah. And, and my approach with that has been be clear about, as clear as you can be about what the end point is, but think really small when it comes to what your plan is. Think about things that you can do over the next week or couple of weeks that are going to get you going. And then at each point along the way, you can look to refine your goal. So a good goal will also evolve over time. Yeah. And I don't think well, any of the, I think, you know, oh, sorry, you go. I was going to say, I don't think any of the, the meaningful goals that I've set have ended up looking exactly like they did at the start. There's always some level of, of evolution that takes place. Yeah, I think that's an important thing, isn't it? Because um, it, it's really rare, I think, in life that things end up how you think they're going to end up. Sometimes they end up for the better, yeah. don't they, we're, we're, by being able to adapt. Um, yeah, Funny you say that about the um, people on the whole needing help with those actionable steps because I really feel like if if people didn't have that challenge I even I wouldn't be in a job because in a lot of cases they've got real financial goals but it's really just those that helping map that actionable step to the end goal which um, we do a lot of work with um, so tell us what you think the benefits for setting goals are you know like um, just in if for life in general obviously we know that by setting a goal, it gives you a better chance of getting to where you're wanting to go. But what do you think it gives people in a, in a life sense? Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, that that point about um, they work is probably the biggest one. So there's there's definitely yeah. a correlation between the, the way that you set goals and your discipline to, to keep to those and actually achieving some some really good results as well and there's lots of studies that show that people that that set goals are more likely to achieve people who write their goals down are even more likely to achieve as well so having some trust that it works is is probably the 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 first step the the thing that happens when you set a goal and and write it down is that it 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 helps to crystallize your thinking 
you know, when you start putting words uh, on, on a page, um, to have a word, you have to have some level of clarity on what that word is going to be. So it, it helps you get really yeah. clear. Um, the other thing that it allows you to do is to, is to share that with other people as well. And those other people can, can be good in terms of support, but they can also be there to, to challenge and to help get you even clearer on, on what the goal should be. Um, I think the other, there's a number of benefits, and I could talk, <laughs> talk for ages on this, but I, I think it, goal setting gives you a sense of control. Right? So when you, when you commit to, to something and you have a pathway mapped, it doesn't guarantee that you'll be able to follow the pathway, but at least for that moment you feel like there is somewhere where I'm heading. So you get that sense of direction and, uh, and control. Yeah. And, and then from that um, you develop a sense of confidence you know, and particularly when you get some successes along the way and you can look back and reflect on what's what's actually been achieved, it, it adds more confidence and, and more enthusiasm for, for the next step as as well. Yeah, I think I think what what you're saying there is um so true because that this is why you hear people say when they do achieve a goal, so often they'll say they it was the the journey of toward that goal that gave them the most satisfaction because it's that feeling of progress and momentum you're building confidence and um progression all the time and and that's a great feeling isn't it i reckon yep yep that's absolutely right and when i think back to the run in ireland even though the finish point was a was a big celebration the the fondness uh, i look back on the whole journey is is, yeah. is much more paramount you know the the early sessions the you know meeting people uh, along the way the the ticking off the kilometers i've got a, got a great sense of achievement of of all of those things yeah yeah and i think uh we've, we've often said haven't we that um you know when we've lined up to do races or whatever marathons there's always a massive achievement just to get to that start line. You know, it's yep. a bit of a high five moment for everyone because there's people that don't get there, and we've all experienced not getting there through injury or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, certainly, in what I do, um, you know, we've in financial planning um, from a regulatory point of view, and it's a bit of a trendy thing at the moment. Also, for people to say goals based advices, it's all got to be about this, and you know, goals mm. are going to save you be the saviour um it's i just don't feel it's that simple and i think you probably feel the same that you know goals for the sake of it uh, don't really work do they? they they've got to have um a real personal meaning to you yeah um what do you think of that yeah no it's absolutely true generally uh, in the clients that i work with if if they've had goals that have been set by somebody else and it may be their their manager or their organization they aren't as successful as goals that the you know the the person themselves can identify with so it's, it's got to it's got to have some sort of meaning and some resonance with you it's it's got to make you you know a little bit even just a little bit excited to be setting off down yeah. down that path so we, we talk about, um, you know, that the goals need to be personal and, and by that it just means that it needs to be um, ignite something inside you that you're really wanting to achieve. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it, it's going to take some some effort and some some time and emotional investment on your behalf. So it, it needs to be something that there's a, a payoff for, for for yourself. Yeah. So then... What do you sort of feel like um, a good goal? You know, obviously you would have seen goals that 
people weren't attached to or went awry for one reason or another. What what does a good goal look like to you? Yeah, so other than that that personal uh, connection that there, that there needs to be, um, the, it, the, the goal also needs to be to be challenging challenging yet attainable. So it needs to push you a little bit further than what you're doing today. If you're just setting a goal for turning up to work the next day, most of us do that anyway. So it's not something that really challenges you, but something that just pushes uh, the the limit. There's a, there's a quote uh, that we use in, in some of our sessions that says a, a person's reach exceeds their grasp. So wherever you're holding on to the moment, there is an opportunity just to go that little bit further. So I think goals that push you to do that little bit more uh, are great. Yeah. I think also in the way that you describe the goal, it's it's really important to uh, to put it into the right framework. So goals that um, are positively stated, so they create a bit of a a visual, you know, an image of what a, what success looks like, is really important. So quite often yeah. I get accused of being a bit pedantic and, and wordsmithing, but I think that's <laughs> it's really important to 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 write your goals in a way that creates a vision of what it is that you're wanting to achieve. And there are lots of frameworks that that help you do that. Um, one that we use, uh, which is a pretty common one, is around uh, SMART goals. So um, SMART yep. planning for specific, measurable, attainable, um, realistic and tangible. There's a, there's a few different versions yep. around, but that's the one that that I use. So when you're being specific, uh, describe uh, not just what you want to achieve and, and why you want to achieve it, but also when you're wanting to achieve it. So creating at yep. least a date and I have a concept called no wiggle room. So if somebody mentions a date and it's a general date, I try to tie them down to, to something that's more specific. <laughs> Even if that changes over time, yep. it's, it's good to have that, that sort of clear deadline. Um, and then yep. you know, being able to being able to measure and track your progress along the way is really important as well. Even if it's just ticking off, you know, some of the actions that you've created, some some way of measuring the progress that, that you're making. And as you said before, the success is generally through that, you know, progressive um, movement. You know, through through the actions. Yeah. And, and that sense well, of celebration also- something off. Yeah, I really feel as well that uh, I loved you saying that about writing it down because I'm really big even with our own clients and and particularly me personally. I I think that writing things down is a positive in two senses because, yes, it gives you the the thing to aim for, but I think as well in any goal or when you're striving for something, you're going to hit hurdles and you're going to hit flat spots where you, you know you're not having a great week or you're not having a great month and it doesn't really feel like you made progress and I think sometimes when you can get that written piece back out quite often um, you can look at it and think actually I'm going all right you know like I think we, we tend to be well, you, you might have a comment on this but I feel like our momentum um, sometimes dictates our mood and Positive momentum feels good and sometimes we can get a bit carried away with that and negative momentum might be negative just for a short time but um, overall we're posit- we should feel like we're making good progress. Yeah, yeah. I think quite often people fall into what I call a deficit model where they, they work out and focus on the things that aren't there as opposed to the, yeah. th- the things that are. 
So you're right. If you've got something written down and you can see you know, progress that you've made, you, you can use that to um, to reinvigorate your, your confidence as well. The, the other yeah, thing with, no. um, with obstacles is that a, a lot of the obstacles you can probably have a you know you can probably work out what they might be before you start. And a lot of people yeah. might know that, but but don't think about well if that happens, what would my response be? Or how would I deal with it? And I know uh, getting back to to Ireland, I listed a number of things that potentially could go wrong. Generally about my own body, and it and it breaking yep. down, and then just thought about <laughs> well, I, I might not be able to you know, extinguish that risk, but there are some things that I can do to build contingency. You know, strength strength training and massage and ice baths and and all those those sort of things, which I probably wouldn't have done if I just thought everything was going to go swimmingly. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, you know, in life, not everything goes swimmingly, but with a plan and some contingencies, you can deal with that a, a little bit more. And uh, that alone, I think, can be something um, that causes a lot of people to um, fall off their goals is it's not even that um, you need to have a, a you, you said some contingency plans, but even just the, the understanding that there will be a, a flat spot or the understanding that you can't just make progression in a, in a nice flat line. You're going to have <clears throat> times when things really um, increase and, and it's positive and then you, you might have a down week or a down month and, and just understanding that's all part of the process. Yeah. Um, we... Um, when we're working with our clients, and I guess you with your clients as well, um, there's often a, like a range of needs. You know, we, there might be longer term needs, there's shorter term actions. Um, and part of the challenge I always find is to find an approach that works well at both ends. Um, yeah. With, can you talk through like how you sort of talk to your clients a, a, about that sort of thing? Yeah, and and I think it's quite normal to have a range of of goals in 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 a time frame sense. So some of the goals that I have for myself, where I call these focus goals, are things that you know, they're pretty much a to do list. You know, things that I need to get done. Uh, it might be being you know organised for for work or things that I need to follow up for particular clients, and they might have a very short turnaround time so i call these my, my focus goals I, w- I would generally then have a range of what what i would call mid-range goals which might be things that i'm concentrating on for for the next couple of months uh, and these these again might be you know work or, or personally related but i know it's going to take a little bit of um, effort and a little persist a little bit of persistence to be able to meet these, and then I might have some some longer term goals or maybe more aspirational goals, which might be more like lifestyle uh, related. So it might yeah. be things around, you know, I'm at an age now where I'm starting to think about next steps in in career and and yeah. retirement and, and and income and what that looks like. So thinking about, you know, what what does the next twelve months or twenty four months look like, and it's really important, particularly with the mid-range goals and maybe those longer-term goals, is, to, is yeah. to get some level of alignment. So there might be something that you're aiming for, which you know is you know three or uh, you know two or three years out, but doing things that might take a few months that contribute towards that are, are really useful as well. And, and there's no right and wrong in terms of whether goals should be short-term or long-term, but I find a, a mix is useful, and I certainly. 
I certainly wouldn't have just long-term goals because there needs to be something to build that that confidence and and the sense yeah. of ticking things off as you as you go as well. Well, you feel like you need to be on the right path, don't you? Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about? Um, how, how, what's the best way for people to keep track of those longer-term goals? Because it's really it is easy at times to think, oh, that's a long way in advance. I don't need to worry too. And there's no sense of urgency there. Yeah. Um, how do we sort of keep that sense up? You know, there's yeah. a bit of urgency around that. Yeah, so milestones are really important. So thinking even if yep. something might be a long way away, I'd, I'd be thinking about what, what some of those checkpoints might might be. Um, again, yep. going back to my run in Ireland, it was over 18 days. So I had a very clear view as to what each day was, was going to look like. So, you know, you need to work out what the right match is. You don't want to be creating milestones where you're checking in every five minutes for a, a three-year no. goal. But every every now and again, I would check in to see how am I tracking against these milestones. And then as you, as you do that, there's a couple of things that you can ask yourself. So really important question is, am I on track? So, you know, where am I where I thought I was going to be at this particular point in time? Yep. Um, and if the answer to that is no, then there's a there's a question as to whether you you look to get back on track or you just reset where you're aiming at as well. I, I always um, try to look forward as well. So what might the next what might the next milestone look like? How far away is that? What are the things maybe that I need to concentrate on doing in the next you know few months or, or couple of months? And is the plan right? Do I need to reassess what the plan looks like? And at all points, I'd also be asking myself, is it still relevant to me? Like, is that is that still yeah. the goal? Should I be focusing myself on other things or have my um, has my environment changed that I need to, to reset? And, and I do find that a lot of people get stuck on the same goals and the goal becomes less yeah. and less relevant as time goes on, but they feel some sense of uh, guilt if they decide actually that's – that's not the right course. So sometimes the ability yep. to let go of a goal is is really important as well. Um, we hadn't really planned to discuss this uh, element today, but just with what you said there, made me wonder, like, if you have an opinion on this. Last year with the whole COVID um, situation and we all spent more time at home with our family, I think more time to think. Yeah. Um, What's your experience been just this year? Have you seen people being more prepared to reset? Because I sort of feel like people are in a, in a, in a huge reset. Yeah. Well, when, uh, as I said, I've got an eight-year-old, so I, I experienced the um, the joy of <laughs> uh, remote learning and learning at home. <laughs> yeah. And um, we had, uh, as we, you would well recall, we had, I guess, two sort of major lockdowns. In, in Victoria, and with the with the first one, my mindset around remote learning was: this is just something to be got through. Right? I just yeah. need <laughs> just need to to get through this, and then uh, and then life will return to to normal. And normal, I, I, yeah. That, that wasn't particularly useful <laughs> way of thinking about no. it because it went a lot longer than what we than what we thought. And and I know you and yeah. I have talked about comparing the lockdowns to a marathon or a or a five <laughs> K, whether it was a sprint or a long distance yeah. event, but it turned into being a long distance event. And I completely yeah. changed my um my mindset for the second one where I started to think, okay, if if this goes for a long time, I'm gonna absolutely try to make the most of this. What are the benefits to remote learning? You know, I get to and there's a lot when you when you think about it and you know, yeah. being, 
connected to to how your how your child learns. So it really forced that change of um, change of view and change of mindset. And I think any time you get a major disruption in COVID, you, know, you don't get too much more major than than what we've yeah. been through. It's a it's a really useful point to just just stop and take a breath and think about okay mm. the environment's changed how do i need to change with that and, and what what's the upside where are the benefits and you know there's there's been a lot of great things that have happened out of us doing yeah. it in a slightly different way i, I sort of think the you know there's, there's going to be still a lot of angst for for us all to get through but they're the, some of the positives that i think are going to come out of it um for so many of us you know we've just the confidence to uh that we've all weathered that uh in our lives and you know when when hurdles present in the future we'll we'll be better prepared yeah um do you now you do a lot of different work with both professional people uh through your business coaching but i guess there's also the personal element of those goals like do you, do you see any difference really between the way you frame up professional goals and personal goals yeah i find it very difficult to have a discussion just about one without bringing in the the other yeah. as, as well so we certainly talk about all, all all aspects of of somebody's life so we talk about you know obviously work and and career and productivity and those those things but we also talk about uh, balance and you know home life and quality of of home life we talk about uh physical well-being and and mental uh, well-being. Uh, we talk about um, you know just social and cultural aspects of people's lives as well. Which again, going back to to COVID, um, you know a lot of people's um, social lives have been severely impacted, yeah. and, and that that's quite you know particularly for people who were quite social, that that was a big change that they sure. um, that they went through. So having having all of those elements in balance is uh, is really important. And you know, a lot of a lot of my clients. Um, also have a, I guess, a, a bit of a, a spiritual base as well. They, they need to know that their life is, you know, contributing to, you know, maybe something greater than themselves. So being, in, you yep. know, also taking care of that side is really important for for people. So having having that balance right. is really important. But I, I find the, the the frameworks and the philosophies around goal setting really, really applies to to all those things as yep. well. Um, you mentioned the smart framework before or the way mm -hmm. to structure a smart goal yeah any other sort of useful tools or frameworks that you could you know recommend to, to our listeners and and more than happy to share any of that in obviously in our show notes of the, the podcast yeah well certainly that, that that smart way and there's some really good ways to write goals so that they are smart you know such as start, yep. starting with a time frame uh having having something to measure it uh, along the way um that um we, we call it the the wheel of life that talks about those different aspects and there's lots of different versions of of this that people have as well but but working out you know i guess the key components of your of your being and then listing not yep. just your own sort of satisfaction with those areas but where where are your priorities um, where is your time being spent currently, and and is all of that uh, in balance as well? Um, yeah. And, and there's just there's a number of um, what I would call uh, goal planning frameworks as as well that that people can use that just get you to, and I can I can share these with you for the for the notes, but just break up, you know, 
not only just what the goal looks like, but what are what are the risks, what are the actions, who's yep. who's the network that's going to support these. So just pro formers that can oh, I like that get get people thinking, and um, a, a lot of the a lot of the time the the value is in just thinking these things through and writing them down. And then sharing them with with others. I'm big into collaboration. For me, it makes me yep. more accountable when I share uh, a goal that I have. So having the having the tool to be able to document these things and then and then share them with others is uh, is, is a big part of it as well. Yeah, I think that's um, as you say, a, a, the process of thinking about it and. Um, I think that's as strong as anything because that then does, and I like the way you're saying thinking about those different areas of risks and and benefits and that sort of thing because it's actually getting you to think about those potential either benefits in the future or the potential hurdles that might come up in the future. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's interesting you're talking about sharing it because I think, you know, so often as people that run, we we like to do probably to non-runners um, annoyance, I guess. We compare everything back to running. Yeah. But the one interesting thing about running is that because we do so much running all together, we probably do all share our running goals together, don't we? Oh, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm aiming to do. And so we are sharing it um, amongst the group. So it's about, I guess, having um, networks like that in in the other parts of your life that where you can share that. Um, yeah. And more than anything, I think uh, it helps you to create a, a bit of a contract with yourself and to be able to hold yourself yeah. uh, accountable as well. And I know as soon as I tell something, somebody about something, then I absolutely have to follow through. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm big on doing what you're saying you're going to do. So, <laughs> And, you know, we, I even think um, it's uh, with couples particularly with their goals, um, really important to be sharing these with each other and discussing them with each other. I think it's something that we, without being judge, judgmental about it, we do see that we, with people that are uh, aligned with as a couple and with what they're trying to achieve yeah. and when they're having those regular check-ins with each other, that's really powerful, I think. And when yeah. you're not, can be a challenge. Yeah, and we have a pretty good process with my, my wife and I that we – uh, every sort of six months or so for the longer term goals, we'll sit down and write yeah. down our priorities separately, and then and then compare notes. And been doing this for a number of years, and it's amazing <laughs> how aligned they are now. <laughs> they weren't always. Yeah, that's uh, good. But there's some, but there's some really good ideas that that come out of that. That come out of it. Approach as well. Well, that's a great thing, isn't it? Because I know when we've done our dream catcher program with our clients, uh, that does a similar thing, and. We've had couples that have been nearly hugging each other at the end because it's like we're, we wrote the same things down. We're, yeah. we're so excited. We're on the same page. Sometimes just that reminder that we, you know, we, we still want the same things. That's great. Anything else, Simon, you'd love to share with the listeners just uh, for a bit of inspiration about how to sort of approach the goals they want to set in their life? Yeah, I, I think it's about expectations. So, if you've got, if you start a goal with a positive expectancy, and you can demonstrate that through the language that you use in your goal, I think that's a huge starting point. So once you start talking about it as if you're going to do it, um, it, it creates a, a again a bit a, a level of confidence. It helps you to visualise what what it looks like, 
Um, and it also then starts to radiate to others. So the more positive you are, the more positive your network is, is going to be as well. And, and the other thing is about just ticking things off, you know, building momentum, doing really, yeah. really small things that, that you can and, and looking and just even if your progress is slow, just recognising that you're making progress and, and that should yeah. give you confidence to keep going. Huge. I think that's a, that's a huge one because that self-talk, if it's positive, it's, it's great. And if it's negative, it's not good, <laughs> is yeah. it? Yeah. Well, one of my one of my favourite quotes from Henry T. Ford is, "If you if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're probably right." Yeah, either way. Either way. Awesome, mate. It's been great having you on for a chat. Thank you. Great to talk to you, Tim. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass Is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. Really hope you enjoyed that chat with Simon. I did. Simon's been generous enough to give us a couple of great resources. He's given us two documents, one that talks about the SMART goals, and we've probably all heard that terminology SMART goals uh, being specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and tangible, but a really nice little goal planner, a nice template for actually exploring what the goal is, possible obstacles, possible solutions to those obstacles, specific action steps for achieving the goal. Great little planner. And then secondly, he's got a great document that talks about your life balance and rating yourself in six key areas, career, financial, family, health, mental, and social. So we've got the links to those in the show notes to this episode. And if you are looking for those additional resources to help you set your goals, uh, I highly recommend looking at those. The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.